0: MOANA CHAPTER ONE Bouncing on her knees, three-year-old Moana looked up at the tapa cloth her grandmother held. The brown and red paint on it traced the form of the ocean, a fish hook, and a spiral stone sinking beneath the waves. Maui was struck from the sky, never to be seen again, Gramatana intoned. And his magical fishhook and the heart of Tefiti were lost to the sea, where even now, a thousand years later, Te Ka and the demons of the dark still lurk. One of the children next to Moana. Twitched nervously as Gramatala's voice grew soft and ominous. The older woman lowered the tapa cloth to her lap. Hiding in the darkness that will continue to spread. Chasing away our fish. Draining the life from island after island. Gramatala paused. Then raised her aunt's hands into claws, her eyes twinkling mischievously. Until every one of us is devoured by the bloodthirsty jaws of inescapable death. She clasped her hands together with a loud smack like a shark's mouth snapping closed. Gasped ran through the crowd of toddlers and several children clung to one another. But Moana sat forward and clapped, her face alight with excitement. Grandma Tala beamed at her, then turned to the rest of the group. But one day, the heart will be found by someone who will journey beyond our reef, Grandma Tala said, her tone reassuring. Find Maui. "'Deliver him across the great ocean to restore Tefiti's heart and save us all.' "'Whoa, whoa, whoa!' The shocked voice of Moana's father, Tui, the village chief, rang out from the back of the folly as he ducked inside. "'Thank you, mother. That's enough.' His bare feet thumped against the ground as he hurried to break up the storytelling session. Swooping Moana off the floor, he touched his nose and forehead to hers in a honi, and she crinkled her nose happily. Then he set her down and turned to Grandma Tala. "'No one goes outside our reef. We are safe here. There is no darkness. There are no monsters.' Tui swung his hands, accidentally knocking against the side of the folly. Jarred loose by his movement, several tapa cloths unrolled from their post, each one bearing the picture of a different giant monster, all with mouths full of sharp teeth. Ah! The kid screamed and recoiled. Monster! shouted one girl, leaping to her feet. "'It's the darkness,' shrieked another child. "'This is how it ends,' a boy cried out. "'I'm going to throw up,' a toddler whined, clutching his stomach. "'No, no,' Tui said, as he waded into the crowd, trying to calm them down. "'There is nothing beyond our reef but storms and rough seas.' "'Oof!' "'A little girl had elbowed his knee.' as she scrambled to hide behind him. Still shrieking, kids ran all over the folly, crashing into one another. Some even clambered up Tui himself, seeking safety from the monsters higher off the ground. "'As long as we stay here, we'll be fine,' Tui raised his voice over the shouts of the children. But it was a lost cause. They were too scared to listen." The legends are true. Someone will have to go, Grandma Tala insisted. Lifting a toddler's arm out of his face, Tui turned to her, Mother, Mata Nui is paradise. Who would want to go anywhere else? Of all the kids, Moana alone was calm. She stood gazing up at the tapa cloth painted to show a beautiful, lush island, Teffiti. She reached out as if to feel the leaves themselves, but before her fingers touched the cloth, another child barreled into it from the side. Ah! the kid cried as he ran past, his face covered in the cloth. Tui lumbered over to help, children weighing him down. But now that the cloth had been tugged off its hanger, Moana found herself staring at the bright blue waves of the ocean through the trees outside the fale. Sunlight twinkled off the water, and an answering sparkle lit up Moana's eyes. Everyone else was so caught up in the chaos, they didn't notice Moana slipping away and trotting down the path to the beach. As soon as her feet hit the sand, Moana felt like she was being drawn into a loving hug. The warm sand slid between her toes and over the tops of her feet while the peaceful lapping of the lagoon sounded around her. Something glinted at the edge of the surf catching Moana's gaze. Curious, The toddler scrambled over to where the water was nudging a beautiful conch shell up the beach. It was light orange, like a flower, and it shone as if it had been polished. The point of the cone seemed aimed right at Moana. She wasn't supposed to go to the water, but surely she could just crouch at the edge? Moana bent her knees and was about to reach out for the shell when a high-pitched squeak came from her right. Wriggling free of the sand, a lone baby sea turtle had cried out. Between it and the ocean stood a flock of sleek black frigate birds, their sharp beaks hanging open in anticipation. Moana glanced at the conch shell, which the tide was pulling farther into the sea, she looked back at the turtle. It would never get through the wall of birds on its own. Spotting a palm frond lying on the ground, Moana jumped up and ran to fetch it. At first, when the shadow of the palm leaves fell over it, the baby turtle seized up, pulling its flippers and head into its shell as far as possible, But when no claws tried to snatch it up and no beak pecked at it, it slowly peeked out. Moana smiled encouragingly. It's okay, she cooed. The turtle rallied, working its flippers and inching along the sand. Gripping the frond with both hands, Moana did her best to keep the leaves over the little guy. Almost to the surf, Moana began to tire. The palm frond trembled as she struggled to hold it aloft. Sensing her weakness, one of the male frigate birds darted near, his red throat flashing in the bright sun. Shoo! Moana waved the frond at him to scare him off. The bird hopped backwards, cawing in annoyance, but he and the rest of the flock stayed where they were, watching sulkily as the baby turtle slid into the water. They'd made it. Lowering the palm frond to the ground, Moana waved at the turtle and it disappeared into the sea. Suddenly, the surf spiraled away from her, pulling backward to expose the sandy bottom where the conch shell she'd seen earlier was now lying. The water, seemed to be waiting for her to approach. Then it actually waved her forward. With a happy squeal, Moana toddled a few steps and bent to pick up the shell. As she leaned over, she spotted another shell a few feet away, still underwater. Cradling the first shell, Moana straightened and gestured at the ocean asking it to move back so she could get to the next shell as well. Gently, the ocean receded, exposing a strip of sand with walls of teal blue water on either side. Moana clapped in delight. At the end of the opening, a wave curled up, beckoning her to enter, and as she walked forward, the water kept retreating, exposing more shells laid out in a trail. The ocean was giving her presence. Giggling, Moana carefully balanced the shells as her pile grew and she wandered deeper into the canyon. She stopped in a little half-circle, peering into the water around her. Gliding past was the tiny turtle she'd helped, its mother next to it. Moana's heart soared with joy as she watched him swim into the distance. As if to thank her for her part in the reunion, the ocean swirled around her in a sweet embrace. The waters parted again, and a large wave reached over her, twirling her hair playfully. Moana giggled again. Then she spotted something else moving toward her from deep Within the lagoon. The round object sparkled and glowed as it danced forward. A curl of water held it out to her. Her other shells forgotten, Moana reached forward curiously, dipping her fingers into the water to grasp the object. Pulling it back to her chest, she gazed down in awe and traced the beautiful green spiral in the stone with one finger. What looked like hundreds of years' worth of sand had crusted over the rock, and even though it was small, the weight of it felt momentous in her hand. "'Moana?' Tui called out in a panic, breaking the spell. "'Sploosh!' The walls of water around her spilled in and a wave plucked Moana up and swept her to the shore, depositing her on the sand with a little pat on her back. By the time Tui's large shape broke through the trees, the water was smooth and unruffled as though nothing out of the ordinary had happened. Wobbling in the surf, Moana fumbled and dropped the stone the ocean had given her. Just as she turned to search for it, two strong arms lifted her up out of the water. Clutching her to his chest, Tui gasped, Moana, what are you doing? You scared me. Moana squirmed in his arms as he carried her to up the sand. Wanna go back, Moana said, trying to wriggle free. Couldn't her father see how much fun the water was? How amazing it felt to stand in the shallows, the sand slurping through her toes and the waves tugging at her body, begging her to come in and play. More important, if she could find that pretty stone, she knew her father would love it. "'No,' Tui said firmly. He lowered her to the ground and knelt in front of her, his face serious. "'You don't go out there. It's dangerous.' Moana stared into his deep brown eyes, then looked beyond his shoulder. Nothing stirred the blue waters of the lagoon. No waves curled up to tease her. There was no sign of the beautiful stone. The magical moment was over. Still. Moana? Tui was standing now, holding his hand out to her. Come back to the village. She reached up with her small hand to grab his and let him guide her back to the trees lining the beach. But her eyes never left the sparkling turquoise sea, even when her feet hit the packed dirt path to the village. "'Bye-bye,' she whispered, just before the lagoon disappeared from view. "'You are the next great chief of our people,' her father said." "'squeezing her hand gently as they walked along. "'Moana cooed up at him. "'Oh, yes,' he said, "'you will do wondrous things, "'but you must learn where you're meant to be.' "'Neither of them saw Gramatala "'slip down to the water's edge "'and brush away the sand "'from the half-buried glowing stone. "'Holding it carefully,' Grandma Tala stood up, her eyes following the tiny figure of her granddaughter dutifully walking beside her father. A twinkle in her eyes, Grandma Tala smiled and opened her shell necklace, then tucked the stone inside. When Moana was ready, Grandma Tala would give it back to her. Swaying to the beat of the waves on the shore... Grandma Tala danced back to the village. Meanwhile, Tui and Moana had come upon a group of dancers who were practicing on the grass on the outskirts of the village. Moana's face lit up as she saw her mother walking toward them, coming from their fale. Sina had lovely, long, dark hair and kind eyes. But Moana's favorite part about her mother was her soothing voice, its low, patient cadence, which seemed to roll over Moana and wash away any problem or worry. Hello, you two, she said, lifting Moana and wrapping her in a tight hug. I was just telling Moana how she would be spending the day with me, Tui said. He started to join in the dance, winking at Moana. In a series of complicated steps, he wrapped his flat palm down on his thighs, his elbows, and his stomach, the beats sounding out a staccato rhythm. Moana watched, her body swaying from side to side. Sina set Moana down, and the toddler started to dance too. Smiling as Moana clumsily imitated him, Tui asked, Did you know that this song has been passed down from our great, great, great grandparents? Every beat is a link to our past, our ancestors. Every beat connects us all, Sina added. Moana wobbled, and Sina held out a hand to steady her. Then, waving goodbye to the dancers, Moana's parents led her into the heart of the village. "'We take care of one another here,' Tui told Moana. "'We share all the food we harvest and catch so no one ever goes hungry.' They paused next to a pile of ripe fruit laid out on mats. Sina took three bananas, passing one to her daughter. As they kept walking, Moana peeled it and took a bite, savoring its sweetness." Hey, hey! a little rooster, waddled out of a nearby folly, tripping over a taro root. Moana steadied him, and he started pecking at the ground, clearly mistaking the dirt and twigs for food. Remembering her father's words about sharing, Moana broke off part of the banana and tossed it to Hey, hey who gobbled it down greedily. Just then... A group of women weaving baskets waved them over. As her parents chatted with the basket weavers, Moana plopped herself down and picked up a few loose fibers. The women's fingers expertly wove the strands into round bowls, but Moana's basket turned out a little lopsided, longer and thinner at each end, kind of like a boat. Inhaling, The pungent smell of fish, Moana looked up to see a fisherman walking by, his day's catch, and a basket slung over his shoulder. She heard the calls of more fishermen on the water, returning to shore. Curious to watch them sail in, Moana stood up and began to totter down to the beach. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Tui scooped her back up after only a few steps. Tossing Moana onto his shoulders, he moved with Sina past the clump of strong banyan trees toward the Grand Fale. The sun peered through their canopies of leaves, seeming to make them sparkle. What a beautiful day, Sina observed, waving at the tapa cloth makers in a fale nearby. The tapping of their mallets against the stretched bark made a steady drumming sound. We have a fine village with wonderful and friendly people, Tui declared, shifting Moana so that she could take it all in. We are safe here, and the island provides us with everything we could need or want. Finally, stepping up into the Grand Fale, Tui swung Moana around and around before lowering her to the floor. Sina moved across the Fale, picking up the beautiful headdress she was in the middle of making. It featured red, brown, and white feathers. Bits of shells and nuts were woven into a decorative pattern on the front. She sat, her graceful fingers starting to move over a pile of feathers and reeds. Moana ran toward her, pulling up short when she saw the headdress. "'Would you like to try it on, dear one?' Sina asked, a twinkle in her eye. Moana raised her eyebrows in surprise. She had never worn a headdress before. Her father only wore his for important village ceremonies, and that one was kept up high where Moana couldn't play with it. Sina lifted the headdress she was making and set it on top of Moana's hair. It was much too big and slid down over her eyes. Sina laughed and gently removed it. Tui joined them, resting his hand on Sina's shoulder as he gazed down at their daughter. "'One day you will wear the headdress of your ancestors like me and like all the chiefs before you.' He gestured toward his large, colorful headdress resting on the top shelf. Eyes wide, Moana nodded solemnly. She had heard her parents say that one day she would be chief. But she didn't know quite what that meant, exactly. Her father's headdress seemed so high up. Would that really be hers to wear? She sat, trying to think about more. Then her ears picked up a distant sound. Outside the fale, beyond the trees, the water rolled up the beach, wave after wave shifting the sand, like patient caresses from a parent, the soft shush of the surf a soothing song that echoed Moana's heartbeat.